0: Chapter 9 of Laughter Limited. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeremiah Sutherland, Victoria, British Columbia. Laughter Limited by Nina Wilcox Putnam. Chapter 9. The last thing anybody likes to admit is that they are broke and so when after my big disappointment about my imaginary silver-mount contract and greg strickland's equally imaginary casting directorship I trickled back to the hotel and told adele I made no mention of how little money I had left Well, it's a bad run of luck bonnie dear says adele when I spilled my sorrows, but cheer up you may fall into something better That's the beauty of pictures. You never can tell but that you will land something really big next minute Take my advice, honey, and don't accept anything too small unless you go broke. A bit is all right, but once an extra, always an extra, with very rare exceptions. A bit, I says? Even a small bit, Adele explained. A part where you are a maid and hand a coat, or even a dinner guest at a table of twelve, say. That gives the producer a chance to get a good look at you. I see, says I. But what's so wrong with playing atmosphere? I don't know why, says Adele, but everything is wrong with it. Socially and every other way a big lot of clowns gets stuck there for one thing Well, I could see her point and acted accordingly With the result that when I paid my bill at the end of the week during which I had got acquainted with the outside Office of every casting director in the county and had written my signature in the books of every agency I had left the price of about ten days board and no further Beyond was an aching void as one might say and yet it was awful hard for me to realize poverty was actually so close there was something about living in that atmosphere of hot-house success which sapped a person's good sense away. Everybody I met talked so big that, honest, I felt for no genuine reason on earth that if I took a big attitude and demanded topside things, why I would succeed in wringing them out of life. Also the fact of there always being something doing evenings kept up the illusion of success, immediate, past, or imminent. I was generally going to the green mill or the Cinderella with Slim and even sitting around somebody's suite at the hotel, putting number after number on the phonograph, or taking turns singing absent to a mechanical piano with expression, would wipe out the memory of plodding from studio to studio all through the day. Well, this Saturday afternoon that I am telling about, I come in at the especially low hour of five o'clock, the hour which the cocktail has made famous, but which I refuse to recognize in that connection no matter how dog-tired I was. And as I sat on the edge of my bed and counted my kale, I come sharp up against the fact that said bed would soon be taken from under me if I didn't horn in on a job before next payday. Look here, B. McFadden, you poor dumbbell! I says to myself, this can't go on. You better move someplace cheaper before the management offers to assist you in the matter. You can still get your mail here, so no address value will be lost anyways, and even forty-five bucks will go four times further where things is a quarter as dear. Well, I said this but I'll admit that for once I didn't like to hear myself talk However, it was the truth that things in pictures was awful slow just then and actually thousands of just as pretty Far more experienced girls than me was out of work at that very minute Having at last come to my senses, I also came to my feet meaning to go languidly down and drawl out to the old sport at the desk that I was tired of hotel life and had decided to find a cozy little place of my own But before I had got any further than my feet, there came a knock on my door, and who of all people would it be but Anita Lauber? I hadn't seen her since we arrived in Los Angeles, nor heard a word from her. But from the looks of her, she hadn't suffered much in the meantime. She was dull to the limit in new clothes, very snappy, even though her wrap was a Ford model, and she was close to smothered not alone with talcum powder, but excitement as well say bonnie she says rushing right into the middle of her news without even saying how are you or well here i am or etc say bonnie don't tell me you got a dinner date for tonight i wish i had i says does that remark of yours indicate that we are probably going to eat thank goodness you ain't dated says anita because i wouldn't have you miss this chance here i says come in and use up a chair where have you been and what chance is this that you are boiling over "'You are not working, are you?' says Anita, throwing herself into the overstuffed and taking out a little silver case. "'No, I thought not, dear. You see, I heard about your friend Strickland being out of Silvermount, and I knew the chances was that you hadn't found anything yet.' "'Who told you all this?' I asked her. "'My friend Tom Wells,' says she. "'The boy I met on the train, remember?' "'Yeah,' I says. "'Anita, why didn't you come here to the hotel like you said you were going to?' "'I didn't intend to,' she says, but he asked me to lunch.' he's a continuity writer a freelance for muro and the minute he told me that i didn't hesitate to grab the chance of knowing him better then afterwards he says why don't i go to his mother's to board so i'm there i've been meaning to get over to see you before this honest i have then today the big chance come up and i thought i'd let you in on it well shoot it i says before you have me a nervous wreck tom knows practically everybody in pictures says anita enthusiastically "'and he's been promising all along that he would get me in. "'Well, he was at Tom Muro's office this morning about a script, "'and Muro says he's giving a party at his house out at the beach tonight, "'and why not come to dinner and bring a couple of girls? "'And I like you, dearie, so I thought of you first off.' "'Well, that was quite some slice of news. "'Say, listen,' I says. Do "'You mean to tell me that the great T.H. Muro himself "'is asking two wrens he has never seen out to his house to dinner? "'Sweet daddy!' "'Why, they often do,' says Anita. "'That's the way they get hold of a lot of new faces, "'and many a fat contract has come out of no more than that.' "'But say listen, Anita,' I says. "'Muro is a big man, and neither I nor you are fools. "'When a man of his class gives a party where he invites unknown chickens, "'either he seriously does it to look him over, "'which he could do better in his office, "'or else it is going to be a stormy evening at the beach tonight, "'in which case I believe I will stay as much at home as a person can in a hotel.' "'Well, Bonnie McFadden, of course, if you want to insinuate that I would go on any rough party, I can't help your evil mind,' says Anita, getting to her feet. "'You don't understand how things are done in pictures. And if you are going to throw down the chance of actually meeting Tom Muro in his own house, all I can say about it is that you've got a perfect right to be a poor but honest fool. So long.' "'Here, hold on, Anita,' I says. "'Don't go so fast. Of course it would be wonderful to meet Muro, and it's a chance of a lifetime,' "'for don't I know how hard it is to get a bowing acquaintance with even his office boy? "'And maybe i do him an injustice. "'After all, he is a topside person, and very likely a good one. "'Now you're using sense,' says Anita, still fingering her little silver box nervously. "'Put on your snappiest evening dress and be all set by seven. "'Tommy and me will drop around for you. "'So long, and here's hoping we both get a job out of it.' "'Sweet Daddy, wouldn't that be luck,' I says, kissing her goodbye. "'Thank you, Anita, dear.' When Anita was gone, I thought, well, what a mean crack it is to believe the worst of a person just because they are a powerful producer and you happen to be a good-looking girl. To which I also added the fact that if anyone back home had said to me, a good friend of mine over to Westhaven is giving a bust and I can bring anybody I want to, why, I would not have thought it strange or even hesitated for one minute. Besides all of which, I had just $45 cash money and absolutely no prospects and why be so unjust to Mr. Muro when I didn't even know him yet? And a lot more self-kidding like that for half an hour or more, until I had actually got myself to a point where I pretty nearly believed T. H. Muro was a kind, fatherly old boy who asked poor friendless young motion picture aspirins out to the house so he and his wife could pick out the ones which looked like they had the most talent. End of chapter 9